0: Hey everyone. Um, uploading this a couple days later than I usually do. Um, I'm not really sorry about it. I feel like a lot of podcasters when you know they're not uploading the days that they normally do, they're always like, Oh, I'm sorry about this. I feel like unless it's like your professional job to be doing it, I don't think you have to say sorry because like, you know, shit happens. Like you're not like it's not like a real commitment. I feel like unless you're getting paid for it, it doesn't really matter that much. So I'm not really sorry about it. But, you know, I do try I do want to stick to like a schedule. Because at some point I am hoping more people listen to it. And you know, uploading regularly or semi regularly is the only way to do that. Um so the first thing I wanted to talk about was Sunday night I'm in bed. I I'm watching the game on my phone, Lakers Pistons, and I'm gonna talk about the thing that happened. But before, like, my notes from that game at the, at the beginning were, your know, Anthony Davis is so lazy. He just like I feel like the whole Lakers team is pretty lazy, honestly, because they do not want to rebound for like eighty two eighty two games at all. Like their boxing out is horrendous. There was one play where. AD and Melo are both about to rebound the ball, but neither of them are boxing out and they don't get the rebound. And I feel like, you know, they were waiting for the other guy to get it. I feel like in those situations, it's like, nah, whoever's there, just go for the rebound. You're not supposed to be waiting for it unless you know, like no one else is crashing the rebound. No one, else, no one else from the other team is crashing the rebounds. Because I feel like teams that play the Lakers, they're like, yo, these guys are lazy. Let's just go crash the rebounds. And it happens a lot. And another thing... One of the things with that is... It's because they're so small right now. You know, with Ariza out... They have to play a lot of these lineups where it's... Russ, Avery, Talon. Russ, Monk, Wayne Ellington. You know, Russ, you know, Avery, Austin Reeves when he was healthy. So it's a lot of these small lineups. Even Baysmore, he's only 6'4". So it's a lot of small lineups with three guards. And it's hard rebounding like that, I guess... And I think once Ariza gets back and once LeBron is playing and not being ejected, there will be better rebounding the basketball because sometimes it it just matters about size. And when you're playing three guards and then you're playing eighty at center who's I just said lazy. And, you know, against these centers that are aggressive rebounders, it makes sense why the Lakers are like, Yeah, alright, let's put, you know, DeAndre out there, let's put Dwight out there. Well, Dwight Ray really doesn't start. I feel like they've made sure Dwight just stays as a backup center. Uh, so they started DeAndre, you know, just so Anthony Davis doesn't have to worry about, like, boxing out. He can just go, you know, rebound out of instincts. The other thing I, the other thing I noticed from that game was, has no one told THT that he's already got a contract? Why does he play like he's still playing for one? Like, I'm actually a big THT fan. You know, he's only 21, and I think it's his third year already. He's only 21 since his third year. So he's really young, and he's got a lot of talent. And I think (laughs) he's got a lot of talent. Taylor has a lot of talent. Um, And I think he could be a huge part for this team. He just needs to calm down a little bit, which makes sense because he is 21. Like, he is a kid. So... You know, it makes sense that he's so aggressive that, you know, he's always attacking the basket, which I do like. But he needs to chill out a little bit because he was taking some jumpers where it's like, yo, what are you doing? He took one jumper from, like, the uh, the free throw line area. It didn't even come close to touching the rim. And it was, like, 15 seconds left on the shot clock. So he needs to chill out a little bit. But he's a good player. And I think I would... Like, if he can prove to be a 35% three-point shooter, I would start him easily over Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley is just an imposter out there. Avery Bradley just does... Like, he he does it enough to distract everyone from himself so no one can form, like, an actual opinion on him. Like, he'll get the ball, he'll pass it right away. You know, he play, he he looks like he's playing decent defense, which I guess he is, but it's not good defense anymore. And I'm just not a fan of players where... You know, you play 25-30 minutes and you're giving me 0 points, 1 rebound, 1 assist. I just don't like those type of players. Like the P.J. Tucker last year, I feel like you could have replaced him with like 100 different players. And it would have been like the same result. Um, Unless you're like a Shane Battier level defender when he was with Miami. Or like a Iguodala level defender. I can't have you out there producing like no stats. I just can't. Like, stats matter. You can't be out there playing 25, 30 minutes consistently giving me, like, three points a night. Alright, let's talk about the real incident. I don't think I've ever seen anyone that mad on a basketball court ever. In real life, watching basketball, whatever. I don't think I've ever seen anyone that mad. So, from my understanding, what happened is, LeBron is getting elbowed like on the armpit area by Isaiah. And Isaiah is like lifting LeBron up. He's like lifting him up. And I think most of us have, most of us have had this happen to us where someone's elbowing you, someone's touching you up and down the court and you get fed up and you're like, "Yo, get your hands off of me. And like you trying to smack their hand away. And so Isaiah's lifting him up. And LeBron's about to do the yo, get your hands off of me. He's lifted up from the ground. So Isaiah's below him. And he catch he, he gets his face with like, I don't want to say it was a fist, but it was like a backhand. And, you know, it hit Isaiah on like the um, eye area, the mouth area. And LeBron realized it like pretty quick. He's like, yo, I got to go up there. And you're like, that's not what I meant. Like, I wanted, like, I wanted you to get your hand off of me, but I definitely didn't. Like me to hit you on the fucking face. And then I guess Isaiah saw the blood. And that's what really set it off. Because that's happened to me before. Like I definitely remember this as a kid where I scraped like I was probably in like grade two or three. And we were playing outside and I scraped my knee. And I kept playing for like another ten minutes. And then someone pointed it, pointed it out to me. Like, yo, you're bleeding from your knee. And I saw it. I saw the blood. And that's when I was like crying, like crying, crying, because I don't, I guess blood just does that for some people because Isaiah was, I don't want to say fine because he was very clearly upset, but it's only when like the bleeding started that he got really upset and he bamboozled them like three, four times where he's like, yo, I'm good. I'm good. And he's like, psych, got you. And then, you know, they broke it up again. He's like, all right, all right, you, you guys got me this time. Psych. And then he did it again. How you let him do it twice? He just did it. So why would you think he's not going to try doing that again? And I was watching it live. So I saw this happen when it did. And I guess I was watching the Pistons broadcast too. So that's where I saw it. Where Isaiah went into the tunnel. And then he took like the fastest left turn you've ever seen. And you knew what was going to happen then. He's trying to come. He's trying to go around the thing, but if you've ever been to like a sporting arena, there's are so many doors. So I doubt he could have even made it to that side. And you know, the, a lot of debate happened on like, was that a dirty play? I'm I'm gonna be honest. I don't think that was a dirty play by LeBron, because I truly think it was a "yo, know, get your hands off of me" play that went wrong. But that. doesn't... I feel like dirty has to be like some intent to it. And I don't think LeBron meant for that to happen. I think he truly meant for like, you get your hands off of me. And then it accidentally hit his face. And then there's people talking about like, oh, well, what should the suspensions be? And it came down today that Isaiah got two games and LeBron got one. I don't like LeBron getting one makes sense because it was, I guess, a punch. Isaiah only getting two is pretty insane to me. Because you think about what he did. Like, I get it like, oh, LeBron started it. But I still think what Isaiah did was fucking ridiculous. It was funny as hell. Like, I still look at, like, just him charging at LeBron. And I just laugh. But what he did was insane. Because the the first time he did it, it wasn't insane. It was like, alright, you're upset. Now, you know, they're taking you back to, like, the tunnel or whatever. But when he bamboozles them again, where he's like, I'm good, I'm good. And then he runs from the Detroit bench to like midcourt, knocking over security guards. Kate Cunningham's holding on to like his leg. Someone's grabbing his shorts. <laughs> and it's insane. Like he's knocking over coaches, trainers. The, I guess the thing is, he didn't get to like the crowd or anything like that. He wasn't, he was targeting just one person specifically. But I still think what he did was wild. And i thought I thought he should have gone at least like five six games because that was insane. I can't believe he's only getting two games for that. All right, next, I want to talk about Michael Porter jr because if you're a nuggets fan specifically, this is horrendous news and if you're just a basketball fan, you don't like this as a, you don't like this as well. So Michael Porter jr during the draft period, actually I think when he got to college he was already having back problems and he didn't play most of his college year and when they did the medicals for the NBA draft they were like yo this is horrendous stuff no one should draft him the Nuggets took a chance on him and I think he missed his rookie year entirely his second year he played I believe after like the all-star game after they traded a bunch of their players away because management was like yo you got to play this kid we drafted him you have to play him so they started playing him a little bit. He was pretty good in the bubble. He made some clutch shots. Uh then last year, he had a great year. Last year, like he he had a he had such a good year where it was like, yo, Jokic, Murray, Porter, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton. That's a content, that's a championship favorite. Like they could beat anyone in a series. And Michael Porter Jr. was a huge part of that because he's 6'11, 6'10 athletic fast he was starting to play some good defense rebounds the ball and he makes like 45 percent of his threes and most importantly he doesn't need the ball like so Jokic and Murray can do their thing their two-man game and you know Porter can cut or he can spot up and to start this year he was just not looking right at all he was missing layups left and right and then they finally just shut him down for a little bit. And then the report came out that it's nerve damage, that it could be like season ending. And if you're talking about nerves and you're talking about a like a player, a guy, a person that has two, three back surgeries and the draft doctors were like, we've never seen anything like this. That's like career ending stuff that we're talking about. You know, luckily he got the bag, but like, As a Nuggets fan, you have to be like, fuck. We gave this guy all this money. Like, we still have a good team. Like, if Murray is healthy, we still have Murray, Jokic. That's good enough. We have Barton. That's good enough. We have Gordon. That's good enough. We have a good, solid team. It's just, now we're going to be missing a guy that could give us 20 a night, 45% from three. So, I'm hoping, you know, Michael Porter Jr. can stay healthy. I hope this is, you know, just me overreacting to some news. And I hope it isn't as bad as what... It appears to be. Alright, next. I wanted to talk about the Kings for a second. Because they fired Luke Walton. And I read somewhere he's actually like... He has a way below 500 career winning average for the Kings. But it's still like the second highest ever. Which just shows just how bad the Kings have been forever. Okay, so they fired him and they played the 76ers tonight. And the 76ers were missing, I believe... Embiid, Simmons of course, Seth Curry, Danny Green, and Tobias Harris. So they were missing their whole starting lineup from last year and they still beat the Kings. The Kings had everyone playing. Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, Buddy, uh, Rashawn Holmes, everyone was playing and they still lost. And I think a lot of that has to just do with Firstly, the the 76ers bench players are pretty good. Like Tyrese is no longer a bench player. Tyrese is just a good fucking player. And if I was Ben Simmons, I am coming back to that team because we were the number one seed last year and we have essentially the same team. Seth Curry has gotten better. And now we have another guy in Tyrese Maxey averaging 18 points a game. So if I was Ben Simmons, I would rush back to that team. And, you know, they got Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond, I don't think, is a good center. But, like, he has 10, 15, 20 nights every year where he can just dominate on the rebounds. And he can win you a game like that. And he had 23 rebounds tonight. Seven offensive rebounds. And so that means seven extra shots that he got for his team. But I think it speaks more to the Kings and just their team construction. I... I'm just not sure what this team is supposed to be good at. Like, offensively, Fox is obviously good. They have good offensive talent, but they don't have explosive offensive talent. They have a lot of offensive talent that's like 12 to 15 points a night or 17 points a night. You know, Fox, he's having a down year, but like he's a guy that can get you 20 to 25 a night. Then after that, it's like Tyrese. He's a good offensive player. Like, he can pass. He can shoot. He can get to the rim and finish a little bit. But he's not a volume scorer. Like he does he does everything on low volume. Like tonight he had three shots, zero points. Harrison Barnes is a great role player. But that's what he is. He's a role player. But he healed. He just likes to come in, chuck 15 threes. And that's what he does. And chucking threes for him isn't bad. He's a good shooter. So like it's fine. But even he like night to night. You're not sure what you're going to get. Are you going to get the four for 13? Or are you going to get like the eight for 16? You just never know. A lot of their players would be great, like, fifth men on good teams. Like, Buddy Heald, that's, like, your fifth guy on a good team. Like, if you placed uh, I was going to say if you replaced Grayson Allen, but Grayson Allen's probably been better than Buddy Heald. Um What I mean is you can see these players being in the role of the fifth guy on good teams right now. Like, you could see Buddy Heald... Being like the Seth Curry for a team. You could see Harrison Barnes being that, you know, 4-3, 3-4, 4-3, Andrew Wiggins type role. Um, You could see Tyrese Halliburton being like the Lonzo Ball of a team. So they have a lot of those type of players. So they have good offensive players. It's just none of them are second guy, third guy. They're mostly like good if you have that superstar and they can play off of them if they have a superstar a star you know an all-star so they can play off of those guys like buddy healed next to a luca would be nice buddy (laughs) healed next to like lebron ad like that would be good tyrese halliburn in like boston in like that alonzo ball type role that would be nice it's like you can see a lot of these players in those type of roles. In Sacramento, they just don't fit together because they're asking them to do too much. And then you talk about defense. It's like, how are they supposed to be a good defensive team? Their center is like two hundred ten pounds. He's good, but he's what like two hundred, like twenty pounds. Like everyone goes to the rim against them. Then backing him up is like Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley doesn't play any defense. Alex Len, Tristan Thompson. These guys are protecting the rim. And then on like the wings, it's Buddy Heald. Not a good defender. Tyree's been an overrated defender. Harrison Barnes is good. De'Aaron Fox is not a good defender. Who else do they have? May too? May a center playing power forward. And who else do they have? Moharkis. because Mo is a good defender. Terrence Davis is a solid defender. Davion Mitchell is a good solid defender. So but like those guys don't play huge minutes and if they do, they're not providing you like the offense. So if I were them, I I would have done that Ben Simmons, De'Aaron Fox trade in the offseason. because it it just, I would have a, at least have like a good defense or something. If I had Ben Simmons, because then I would have I would have been able to do, uh, what's the name Davion, Tyrese, Harrison Barnes, Ben Simmons, Rashawn Holmes. Like defensively, that's pretty capable then. But now from the seventy sixes, ers i do not want De'Aaron Fox. Tyrese Maxey is probably averaging... Is, Ty, Tyrese Maxey is probably having a better season than De'Aaron Fox right now. And, you know, I said this before the season started, that if Tyrese Maxey happens to be a good player, which he clearly is now, then you have to view the whole Ben Simmons thing differently. Because my whole thing was you have to trade him for a point guard. Because if you don't trade him for a point guard, then who the fuck is going to run point for you? This is, of course, if Tyrese didn't become what he has become. Because then it was like, you're going to have Tyrese playing 20 minutes, Shake Milton playing 20 minutes. Like Those guys are going to be running your point. That's not going to work. But now that Tyrese Maxey has emerged as a guy that you can trust to play 36 minutes, 40 minutes, you can think about trading Ben for other positions. You can get another wing in there. You can get a big guard in there. You can do a lot of different things now. But once again, if I was Ben Simmons, I would just come back to the team because I think this team is a championship favorite caliber team if he comes back. Because then you have Tyrese Maxey, 17, 18 points a game. Seth Curry, 16, 17, 18 points a game. Tobias Harris, 20 points a game. Ben Simmons, a 14, 8-8 type player. All defense. Embiid, you know, 28, 12, whatever. Off the bench, you got, you know, Drummond playing 12 minutes a night. Especially in the playoffs, probably like 12 minutes a night. Um, You got Korkmas, Milton, Danny Green off the bench now. Matisse off the bench. Like, that's a good team. That's a really good fucking team. But for the Kings, if I were them, oof. I don't know. I would try I would try going at a specific direction at least. Where it's like, yo, let's go all offense or at least let's go all defense. We have to be good at something. We have to be good at something. I would trade or I would be like, hey, let's trade Harrison Barnes and get a first rounder. Let's trade Buddy here. Let's get a first rounder. Because it's, we're already not good. It's so like those players not being on the team. Like, What does that really matter? It doesn't. So let's go get some first rounders for them. And we can do a lot of different things with those first... Okay, also trade Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley has to go. He doesn't fit. I don't think he's a particularly good player. So unless, like, a team's giving you, like, a second rounder for him, I wouldn't do it. But, like, if a team's giving you, like, a late first rounder, I would do it. Like, a mid first rounder, late first rounder, I would do it then. If not, then, yeah, just keep him. All right, that's enough Kings talk. I can't do any more of that. Um... I was gonna talk about Kevin Durant being ashy, but I like I don't really have any I don't really have a lot to say about it except for like Yo, that's disgusting. And I feel like Slam magazine, like, Kevin Durant should sue them. Because they knew what they were doing. There's no way no one saw that picture and was like, yo, what the fuck's going on with Katie's leg? Like, should we really be posting this? Should we really do this to him? And they did it to him. And then Kevin like Kevin Durant got on Twitter and was like, I'm gonna pull out my you guys are all broke card. Fuck you all. And like, I don't think Kevin Durant's taking it seriously at all. Like, like he's not like truly upset about it, which I do like. But I saw too many quote, retwe- quote retweets of people just being like, oh, this is why Katie's the goat. I'm like, this is why Katie's the goat? This is why Katie's the Twitter goat? Because he said, I'm going to pull out my y'all are broke card. That's why he's the goat? I just don't get it. And it's pretty much all white people doing it. So, you know, you have to take it with, like, a giant spoonful of salt. But still, it was very annoying to see. So, you know, KD, get some fucking lotion, man. They're very cheap. Like, we know you're not broke. Clearly, you think we're broke. And, you know, compared to you, we're obviously broke. I'm broke compared to just anyone. But that's not the point. The point is, I can still get some lotion. You are not getting the lotion. Even though you just said we are the broke ones so why do we the broke ones have the lotion and you don't but apparently that's what makes him the twitter goat like him saying we are broke i guess whatever i don't care all right the last thing i wanted to talk about was adele's album um i would say i'm a pretty i would say i'm a huge adele fan i really enjoyed 21 i really enjoyed 25 i wasn't the biggest fan of 19 and um, I, I made notes while I was listening to 30, so I'm just going to go through them and that's all I'm going to do for it. So it started with, uh, what did it start with? Strangers by Nature. The singing on it sounded very different. And I, I, know, I know I saw a bunch of articles where it was like, has Adele lost her voice since losing all that weight? Was the, was the weight making that voice so good? I don't, I don't think it. I don't think it was that at all. I'm not sure about that. Um, but I was, I'm not, I'm not sure. I was a fan of "Strangers by Nature." I'm not sure I was a fan of the type of singing she was doing. You know, it felt very old school, like '50s type stuff. Um, you know, it's a buildup that doesn't lead anywhere. It pulls back. It's solid a solid song but like i talked about this when i i was doing the drake review where i don't really care about solid unless you have something interesting going on like those seven out of tr- seven out of ten tracks i don't really care i'm not i'm probably not gonna keep them if they come on i'm like oh that's cool I, you know it's a solid song but it, there has to be something interesting going on musically for me to look at a seven out of ten song and be like i have to keep that like kanye has a lot of those where Like Heaven and Hell, that's a seven out of 10 song. But the beat is so fucking good. I'm like, yo, I I wanna listen to that again. Even if lyrically, he's not really doing much. And that's how I felt about this song, where there's nothing interesting musically going on. And it, it can also be the other way, where like the lyrics are really good, but like the beat's not that great. Just, it's not doing it for me musically easy on me very good song it reminded me of old adele like that that felt like the adele that i'm used to uh at one point she says i changed who i was to put you both first talking about you know changing yourself for her son and her husband it reminded me a lot of marvin Gaye on hear my dear where it was an it was an alternative version of one of the songs I think it was for here, my dear. Let me just look it up, actually. Okay, so it was actually it was on it was on here, my dear, but it wasn't here, my dear. The alternative version. It was I met a little girl alternative version. Where at the end, he says, "You know, I I told you I would do the honorable thing, try to take care of you, and the baby, the best I could, but." times were really hard I had to find a new way so he left her but you know it's it's very similar to what Adele's talking about like you know I changed myself for the baby and my husband to keep this whole thing together I tried my best but you know at some point I just had to leave like it was getting to be too much so it might like it has a lot of parallels to here my dear but like it's actually the opposite of here my dear because Adele, like, the whole album, Adele is pretty nice about her ex-husband. Meanwhile, Marvin was, like, extremely bitter, trying to make her jealous. He was spilling, you know, dirty laundry all over the tracks. Uh, some things were so personal where I'm like, yo, I'm not even sure I should be allowed to hear this. Like, this sounds something that I should have been kept behind closed doors. But I... You know, I appreciate him releasing it because I really do enjoy Hear My Dear. I like it a lot. I love Hear My Dear. I think it's one of my... It's definitely one of my favorite albums just to listen to because it's also another one where just musically, it sounds incredible. But anyways, back to Adele. What was next? Uh, my Little Love. Um, Did Adele get like a new music team? Because it's another new sound. I really liked it. Her singing is better than... You know, it's a new sound. It's a new singing form that she's doing. But it's better than Strangers by Nature." singing. It's, like, different from that. I think this was probably the best song from the album. It really... Like, it's very touching. It's about her son. You know, My Little Love. That's, you know, her son. And at, at the end, she says... You know, this is after they got divorced. Like, her and, you know, her ex-husband. I believe his name is Simon. She says, you know, today... It's the first day since I left him that I feel lonely. And I never feel lonely. I love being on my own. I always preferred being on my own than being with other people. And I feel like I've been overcompensating and being out and stuff like that to keep my mind off of him. And I feel like that's something very relatable where people like sometimes you get sad and you're like, okay, I have to hit my friends up. We have to do something tonight. And you use that to get over whatever is upsetting you. And that's what she's talking about, like overcompensating, like doing things that you normally don't do. It's like Drake said on, uh, what was it? Hotline blank, you know, hanging out with some woman I ain't never seen before. That didn't like you. You're not supposed to be out there. The worst is when at the end she goes, you know, I feel a bit frightened. You know, no, actually, let me see. Let me read the whole thing. She says, I just feel really lonely. I feel a bit frightened that I might feel like this a lot. You know, she's just gotten divorced. She's she's lonely. And I understand it. Like, it makes sense. Like, you were together for so long. You have a kid together. And now you're trying to move on from your life again. Like, that's why I completely understand. Like, they, they probably shouldn't. But I understand why couples try to make it work for, like, the kid. Like, I get it. Like, I, I feel like they're probably making the right decision not staying together, like getting divorced. But I understand also why some couples just stay together for the kid. Like, it makes sense. All right, next song was, what was it? Let me see. Cry Your Heart Out. Cry Your Heart Out. Another different sound. Another different sound, another different style from Adele. She's trying new things. And I like this one, too. I thought I th- the sound was really good. I enjoyed it. You know, the hook was, you know, cry your heart out. It'll clean your face. When you're in doubt, go at your own pace. You know, that's the hook that keeps repeating over and over again throughout the song. I liked it. I think it's a good hook. And, you know, the song's about after the divorce where she's like, hey, you know what? Stop calling me. We're done. It's nothing left to say now. And she's also dealing with her decision. Where she says, you know, I created this storm. It's only fair that I have to sit and its rain. What she's essentially saying here is, you got to go through it to get through it. So she has to sit through this rain to get through it. So another solid song. And musically, it did something interesting. That's why I kept it. The next song was, Oh My God. It was actually called Oh My God. Another new sound. Um, at one point she says, I'd rather be a fool than leave myself behind. And I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like if you're being a fool, do you really want to be a fool? Like, that's that's the life you want to live, Adele? You want to be a clown out here? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like you should strive to be better than a fool. That's just all I'm saying. That's, I, I suppose there's nothing wrong with a fool. I'm not fool shaming, but. I just feel like you could, you're Adele. You could be much better than a fool. All right, so I didn't keep any of the songs after that. I think I have to listen to them again because they were so slow and they weren't doing anything interesting musically. It was a lot of just Adele expressing her emotions, feelings, what she went through. And it's cool, but like, I need some, I need like a little bit of spice in there. She just didn't have that. So I I'm gonna have to listen to those songs again a couple times just to really appreciate them I guess because I am I have not I did not like them I thought the songs were really slow and they didn't build to anything so yeah that's my that's the podcast for today all right thank you for listening everyone.
1: I'm a cup of ice. There's some rubber bands about there, too, homie. Huh? Yeah. It's 3 PM, 80 degrees outside. I'm in something to go real fast, sitting outside the corner store. Six-figure car ain't got no business in this area. If it ain't one thing, it's a motherfucking nutter. God, we trapped together, then it's my motherfucking brother. Yeah. I pay her bills and bad designer, but I don't love her. Hey, what you need, she just play a part when it's time to smuggle. Hey, you ready? I pull up, pick up that bag and burn rubber. Skull! I got a sweet tooth, but I stay away from suckers. No boo and Malibu was my last supper. We good. I fucked her in rush hour traffic, Chris Tucker. <laughs> yeah. Everybody screaming, gang, 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 gang. The folks come and get you, you gon' tell on the whole gang. gang. She said, Can she fuck me with my diamond shine? If I ain't in the bank, then I'm on the plane. Yeah, hey. About to go get some money or go spend some money. Yeah. They stopped me in the airport, had too many binges on me. Right. They don't want you to live, they don't want you to bow. they not push a smile in your face, yeah. Then they pray for you to fall. Hey, young nigga, stay focused. Yeah. But I really wanna crash. Damn. Think about where you at. Then think about your past Yeah, I really came from shit But I won't change for shit My bitch say I'm stuck in my ways My wrist say I been getting paid A hundred shots A hundred shots Me and my niggas pull up in a hundred drops My role model used to get a hundred blocks Street niggas in a tuxedo with a mob She looked at my watch too long, now she see stars I got so high last night, I did a show on Mars Yo, bitch ate my dick, I caught her on them bars My pinky ring, extra large all in the garage. Whoa. Remember my first Menage. Yeah, yeah Toy and Britney. Yo. I'm shopping for diamonds at Tiffany's. Tiffany's. Now I don't got no sympathy. No. She blew my whistle like a referee. What? Broke black nigga, remember me? Hey. Until I found out that yeah. recipe. Started getting about 10 a week. Yeah. Finger on the trigger when I sleep. Yo. Yeah, nigga, I'd rather you than me. Yo. Backseat smoking good weed. A hundred, shots. A, hundred shots. a hundred shots. A hundred shots. How the fuck you miss a whole hundred yeah. shots? Not welcome in my trap if you don't shop. Get out, bro. Before you come through that back door, you better knock. They get the They've been waiting on this gangsta shit to drop. It, Even them fuck niggas that wish I could yeah. be stopped. Hey, hey. How many dicks you suck to get that cup of million? <laughs> Self-made millionaire. Oh what a feeling. My niggas came from dealing Fuck niggas, get out your feelings Your bitch got me sexual healing Guess who just walked in the building? Came out with six bitches My uncle said, that's pimpin'. My diamonds always hittin' You lookin' for your bitch, she with me, nigga She ain't missin' I told you, fuck niggas, stay out my way But you didn't listen Stupid ass niggas Big rocks in my watch And we put extensions in all of the clock A hundred shots a hundred, shots. a hundred shots. How the fuck you miss a whole hundred shots? Yeah. Stop.